the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Live from Northern California, it's Lifeline with Craig Roberts. He's the host of Northern California's longest-running conservative talk show. He's a man with a message, a conservative with compassion. He's Lifeline's own Craig Roberts. Well, yes, indeed. And here to say good afternoon to you. Welcome. Good to have you on board for uh, Tuesday, sixth day of June. D-Day, isn't it? Yes, it is. D-Day. Well, welcome to the D-Day edition of Lifeline, though we won't spend much time talking about World War II tonight, but we will talk about a health care war. And I'll go into detail as to what we mean about that in uh, in just a moment. Let me kind of lead off tonight's show by saying my first guest is an award-winning journalist and radio talk show host who lives on the cutting edge of emerging technology and innovation. When I first learned of her desire to start a talk show specifically designed to address innovations in healthcare, it was of no surprise. What was a huge surprise was to discover that the very disease that my own stepmother would be diagnosed with after months of testing and misdiagnosis turned out to be the very disease that my guest was seeking to educate people about to literally work towards saving life and limb. With me today is Emmy Award-winning journalist, the founder of Way to My Heart and host of The Heart of Innovation, heard Saturday mornings at 11 a.m. on our sister station, 860 a.m. The answer, it is a delight and privilege to have joined me today on the program, Kim McNicholas. Kim, welcome. Hi, thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. You know, it's funny. Starting out with a little word, you know, word of wisdom here. Sir Richard Branson said, "Just say yes and figure out how to get it done." That's what I do. Well, <laughs> and you do it so well. And and Kim, we we, we visit today to address a, a, a really critical topic that, as I suggested in my opening remarks, is typically very misunderstood. And, and I have to tell you that when when my stepmother, who had dealt with diabetes diagnosis, hypertension, kind of a lot of the the usual laundry list of, of, of later in life type of uh, challenges that most seniors face. Initially, looking at the changes in the color of her toes when she wore open toe shoes seemed to suggest you know, maybe a visit to the podiatrist. And it turned out to be multiple visits and looking at this and considering that. And, and, and finally, one day, after a great deal of frustration, I went and found a different podiatrist, walked into the office, sat down to explain why we were there, why my stepmother was having difficulty standing and walking and had numbness in her feet. Wow. And we he, we took off one of her shoes. He looked down at her foot, looked at me and said, you don't need to see a podiatrist. You need a expert when it comes to something called peripheral artery disease. Yes. 
And it turns out that the blueness of her toes and the numbness and the pain and the difficulty walking and all of that had nothing to do with anything related to her feet directly from a podiatrist viewpoint, but in fact turned out to be she had severe constrictions in the veins feeding both legs and ultimately needed to be treated. And we're going to talk a bit about what that treatment is. But with that as an introduction, Kim, maybe spend a few minutes educating our listeners as to how this disease first got on your radar screen. Well, I think it's important to know you did a great job describing the different symptoms. And I think that that's really important because most people, in fact, 75% of the patients I work with have reported in a recent poll of more than 400 of them that they were brushed off of the textbook symptoms that you were talking about, the claudication, which is cramping in the lower leg, the toe numbness. Um, Some people will say, oh, you just have diabetic neuropathy. Um, Just overall weakness, heaviness in your legs. They'll say, oh, you're just getting old part of old age, they'll even brush you off as having sciatica. But what you really need to do is, as your your mother-in-law did, is take off the shoes, show them the feet, and actually have the doctor feel the feet. Feel for a temperature differential, because one foot will be colder than the other, the one that's most affected. Usually, it, it'll affect both legs, but one more than another. It got on my radar because it was actually working for you. Um, with our other tech radio show. I ended up interviewing a doctor on that radio show who told me that the next big breakthrough in innovation was going to be in cardiovascular medicine. And in fact, it was a laser that he was really referring to. So I called up the company that was developing this laser and I said, hey, I want to actually be in every single one of the cases for your FDA study. And I want to travel the world to see how this device makes it to global commercialization. And the first leg of the process of FDA clearance was, of course, with the legs, peripheral artery disease. It's that circulation issue. It's narrowed arteries, mainly the legs. It can occur in the arms as well as the upper peripherals as well, your neck, your head, et cetera. But it's mainly in the legs. And... Ultimately, what they were hoping to do is get the device cleared for the legs to revascularize those leg arteries, the ones that are blocked, to go in and you've heard of roto-rooting, right, clearing out some of that plaque. And then the next leg of the journey would be the heart. And I thought, wow, this is going to be great. I'm going to follow this device clear to saving not only limbs, but also lives. The circulation issue in the legs, the peripheral artery disease, can lead to amputation and what's even more interesting and this is what caught my attention is that three in five people who suffer a heart attack have plaque buildup in their legs they have peripheral artery disease but most don't know it if at all until it reaches advanced stages where amputation stroke or heart attack are imminent And that's where I was like, oh, my gosh, I need to get the word out about this. One in five people over the age of 60 has it. One in three diabetics over the age of 50 has it. 
And here's something even more interesting. Is last week I had two 30-year-old men from two different areas, one in Texas and one in North Carolina, presenting with the same symptoms. They had just had COVID two months prior, and they ended up with clots going down their legs. They had a history of cardiovascular disease in their family, but somehow getting the COVID just accelerated the process and they had clot shootings down both legs and both of them had a toe amputated and our organization, the way to my heart, ended up finding them each a new doctor that was able to save their legs from amputation using newer tools and techniques. It is remarkable about all this is the degree of which, like in the case of my stepmother, this initially seems to be misdiagnosed. It's just cold feet. You know, you get older. Dad, mom, they were always cold. Just wrap up a little bit better. Or that numbness, you know, that just kind of seems to be uh, a side product of your diabetes. Nothing to worry about. And we heard this quite frequently until the one podiatrist, as I mentioned, that suddenly said, oh, no, I know exactly what's going on here. And you've come to see the wrong doctor. How often does that misdiagnosis take place? It happens more often than you know. It's one of the biggest problems that we're finding, which is why so many patients don't present until they've reached advanced stages where amputation is on on the docket for these patients. Um, When these patients get to advanced stages, their arteries have hardened so much that, I mean, you can't even get a drill through them. Um, They might try you know, taking some wires and balloons and even poking into the artery wall and trying to go around the blockage. Um, They'll try bypass, all kinds of different techniques to to restore blood flow. But in advanced stages, no matter what, it's going to be a revolving door of treatment. It's not one and done. Versus if you catch it earlier, and this is the coolest thing, walking is the best medicine. Walking is medicine to prevent peripheral artery disease and to slow the progression and what's really cool is that the design of our bodies is such that can i say god absolutely um, god des- okay so god designed our bodies to heal and so when you get blockages in your main arteries there is this collateral vessel network that lays dormant until it's needed There's so little blood flow flowing through there that it doesn't even show up under angiography, under that x-ray, when they pump in that x-ray, that contrast fluid to visualize your arteries. They they can barely even see it unless that collateral network of vessels grows. Your body has the ability to create its own natural bypass. So... Mm. When those arteries get blocked or severely narrowed, those collateral network of vessels start to engage. They start to dilate. And the more pressure that's there for more blood to flow and bring oxygen and those critical nutrients down to your calf and into your foot, they'll actually grow to and then reattach below where that blockage is. And walking accelerates that process. But it's not just walking, it's how you walk. So, you know when you go to the gym and you're working with a trainer or you're there with a friend and you're really pushing each other and you're like, oh, I think I'm going to give up. I don't think I can do anymore. And the trainer says, just give me one more, just one more, one more. And you're like, oh, I can do it. Okay, your veins are bulging. 
right? Well, deep down below is your collateral network building. So it's when you have that claudication in your calf and you push through to the point where the pain starts to get to a point where it's gonna slow you down or you wanna slow down, instead, just take one more step and then rest. When the pain is relieved, then start to walk again. But walk at that brisk pace. And the whole point is to get that cramping to show up sooner in your walk versus later. So you wanna walk at a brisk enough pace in order to get that claudication to show up. And over the course of six weeks, you're actually going to see your symptoms improve. And by eight weeks, the doctor should be able to start seeing your collateral network of vessels under angiography. Three months, you should be really feeling better at that point. Now, that is if you catch it in the earlier stages. And that's what's really key. If, if you have a wound on your foot that won't heal, that point you need immediate intervention. What's fascinating about this, too, is not only is you're suggesting, Kim, walking that can help initialize, energize the healing process, but also very helpful in terms of diagnosis. I mean, if maybe you're listening right now and you say, well, Craig, Kim, yeah, you're kind of describing me. I, I, I start my day and the, the mailman comes at a certain time and I start to walk down the driveway toward the mailbox and I get about halfway down and, oh, I start to get this cramping. And after a while, I think, you know what, I think I'm just going to turn around and go back inside. I'll, I'll pick up the mail later today. And you return inside of your home and you sit down for a while and the cramping begins to ease and you think, well, maybe it's just no big deal. Maybe, in fact, that level of pain that you're beginning to experience, especially in the calf region, is signaling to you that there is something wrong, potentially undiagnosed or, as I suggested in my stepmother's case, misdiagnosed PAD or peripheral artery disease. We're talking about the issue, both symptoms and treatment today with Emmy Award-winning journalist and talk show host Kim McNicholas. Her program, by the way, is called The Heart of Innovation. You can check it out Saturday mornings at 11 a.m. on our sister station, 860 a.m. The Answer. And lots of great information available for you. A wonderful resource, both in terms of how to understand more about PAD, its diagnosis, and its treatment by checking out Kim's website, thewaytomyheart.org. That's thewaytomyheart.org. When we come back, we'll continue talking about not just diagnosis of PAD, but, but what happens when it goes undiagnosed for a significant period of time. And can you be suffering from PAD and be essentially asymptomatic? That and more details is our conversation with Emmy Award-winning journalist and radio talk show host, the founder of The Way to My Heart, Kim McNicholas, continues on this edition of Lifeline. 
And now back to Lifeline with Craig Roberts. The founder of The Way to My Heart, Emmy Award-winning journalist Kim McNicholas with us today. Information available on the web at thewaytomyheart.org. That's thewaytomyheart.org. Her program, The Heart of Innovation, heard Saturday mornings at 11 a.m. on our sister station, 860 a.m. The Answer. We are talking about PAD, peripheral artery disease. And, And Kim, I'm curious, as much as, like in my stepmother's case, she was diagnosed and I don't want to scare people here, but I think folks need to have complete and full information. How often, I'm curious, to your knowledge, is peripheral arterial disease, arterial disease asymptomatic in that it's there, it's lurking, it's doing its damage, people are completely unaware, and does it reach a point where there is irreversible damage? And if so, what does that damage look like? Well, it's, it's just like people who have a heart attack. Your arteries in your coronary region, they start to block up. Do you really feel anything as it's continuing to build? You might notice that you're a little more fatigued, but you also blame that on old age for the most part. And your doctor is not going to perform any advanced cardiovascular testing until you experience chest pain or you have shooting pain going down your your arm or something like that. Same goes in your legs. And we find that more in women that they seem to be asymptomatic until they end up a toe step away from the amputation. And what I mean by that is when they end up going to, and I see this all the time, and I hear this story all the time, a woman goes and gets a pedicure and one wrong move by the pedicurist and they end up with an ingrown toenail that doesn't heal and it gets inspected and it starts to turn gangrenous very fast over the course of even a month or two. And we actually had a a princess from another country that that happened to that we had to advocate for out of Southern California. She was here visiting and, you know, she ended up passing due to the wrong treatment, which is also a a huge issue. They found us after the fact. Um, But the thing is that you need to take off your socks when you go to the doctor if you have high risk factors and you need to say check the pulses in your feet if you have high blood pressure if you have high cholesterol which remind me i have a key point on cholesterol i really want to make in a moment um but high blood pressure high cholesterol family history diabetes in particular as i mentioned before one in three people who have pad have diabetes have you ever smoked have you ever vaped anything you breathe in that is on fire any smoke becomes toxic to your arteries because your heart is pumping that oxygen depleted blood into your lungs to pick up some oxygen to pump back through your blood to provide nutrients and oxygen to the rest of your body, your critical organs and clear down to your toes. Um, you know, there's so many different age is also a factor over the age of 50. As I said, one in, um, one in 10 actual Um, of everyone over the age of 50 has um, PAD. But you don't really know it. You don't notice it. You might notice you slow down a little bit, but when it comes to diabetes, you may just think it's just normal neuropathy. If it's, you know, if if you're just an average person, maybe, you know, you've smoked a little bit, you might think it's part of just aging. Or you might think you just pulled a muscle but just can't remember what you might have done. So it's really important at every single appointment 
for your doctor to take two seconds, two fingers to feel your leg pulses. And it sounds like from what you're suggesting, Kim, that you really need to advocate for one's own health. I mean, as in my my stepmother's case, you know, it wasn't that she was necessarily being ignored by the doctors, but everybody kind of, well, we're looking at your chart here. You have a history of high cholesterol, high blood pressure, diabetes, your age. This is all kind of typical and, uh, you know, kind of in, in a sense almost dismissive. But as you're suggesting, you can have it. You might have maybe asymptomatic or mild symptoms, but then suddenly you are working in the garden and you stub your toe. Now, all of a sudden, you've got a injury that is chronic, will not heal. And because of the lack of proper circulation combined with many of these other factors, the risk of potentially losing a toe, losing a foot, escalates pretty dramatically. It, it really does. And I really want to paint the picture of how big of a problem is this is because it's interesting, you know, this kills more people than breast cancer, prostate cancer, and colon cancer combined. Wow. Say, say that again, because some people might be only half, half listening, and I want for them to really capture the severity of what we're discussing today. Repeat that, if you would, please. In a simpler fashion, the only cancer that kills more people than peripheral artery disease is lung cancer. Wow. And yet, you see so much research going towards cancer, but yet this is a deadly disease that impacts the majority of people and is getting worse around the world. That's that three in five people who suffer a heart attack. Three in five. Most people who suffer a heart attack have peripheral artery disease, and if only the doctor took two seconds, two fingers, to feel those leg pulses and the foot pulses, life and limb could be saved. And it's so important. We always tell people to take a moment and say, hey, doc, let's chat. Chat is an acronym for C, carotid, check your neck. Those are the arteries in your neck. H is for heart, of course. Not only taking the stethoscope to to check for the heartbeat and for AFib. AFib is really important because if you have AFib, you can throw clots, and that can also lead to peripheral artery disease because you have different types of plaques. It can be rock-hard calcium, or it could even be as soft as just a little clock, right? But those clocks can cause damage. You also want to check in the heart for valvular issues because those valves, if they're malfunctioning, they can also throw clots. A is for um, abdomen, for aneurysm. My mom transitioned unexpectedly and tragically last year due to an aneurysm. They brushed off all of her symptoms where you, she had radiating pain from her back to her front and front to back and had lost her appetite and all these other symptoms. You want the doctor to check, put their hand, put their stethoscope on your belly and check for what's called a brewy. Brewy is spelled brute. Now you'll never forget it. B-R-U-I-T. And it's turbulent flow inside your abdomen. They used to check your abdomen all the time and as we've gotten older, they're no longer checking. Tell them to stop and check. Pull up your shirt. And lastly, check your toes. T in the chat stands for toes. Take off both socks. Have them put their hands around your feet. Feel the temperature and put their fingers on your pulses. Check the ankle. Check behind the knee. And make sure that your blood is flowing and those pulses are bounding. That is so important. 
If you've just joined us visiting today with Kim McNicholas, Kim is the host of a great show called The Heart of Innovation, heard Saturday mornings at 11 on our sister station, 860 AM, The Answer. Um, We are talking about PAD or peripheral artery disease, and this might be something maybe you're just hearing about for the very first time, and maybe some of the dots are beginning to connect for you yeah you've you've had some difficulties with pain in the lower extremities especially around the calves or numbness tingling in your toes extremely cold feet things of this sort and doctors have just kind of been dismissive well you in fact could be suffering from pad and if not treated quickly can lead to a whole host of issues as we're learning today. Now, Kim, you mentioned the importance of talking about cholesterol, and I want to come to you right after a quick timeout and have you take us a little bit deeper into that arena, because certainly with the diet of the average American, high cholesterol is something that a good percentage of us are challenged by. But how might high cholesterol play into exacerbating not just the symptoms of PAD, but its impact on your health and quality of life. We'll get to that part of the discussion. With us today, award-winning journalist Kim McNicholas. Information available on the web at thewaytomyheart.org. That's thewaytomyheart.org. And now back to Lifeline with Craig Roberts. As you are likely eavesdropping on our conversation this afternoon and maybe thinking, aha, finally, I have a name for it. I suspected there was something that wasn't quite right, but I was just never satisfied with the answers, almost dismissive answers that I kept getting from my doctors. Now I understand maybe, just maybe, I have peripheral artery disease. We're talking about that topic today with Emmy Award-winning journalist Kim McNicholas. Her program, by the way, uh, you can check out Saturday mornings at 11 on our sister station, 860 AM, The Answer. And it is called simply The Heart of Innovation and information available on the web about Kim at the way to my heart. Kim, we've got some listeners that have called in, want to get a little bit more details, so let's head first to uh, great state of Texas. Uh, The Internet's a wonderful thing. Doug, come on in with your question for Kim McNicholas. Yes, I I also suffer from PAD, but I was wondering, what is the toughest challenge you face today in in changing the health care system for us as patients between the doctors and all the things that we go through? Oh, excellent question. And they're not dissimilar from the experience of my stepmother, Kim. Well, I think number one is the challenge is in getting to the primary care physicians who are already tapped for time and resources. And they see, you know, sometimes between 40 and 50 people a day, and they're just trying to get the chief complaints, get them in, get them out. And they only have maybe an hour or two in all of medical school about PAD. And so we have to get to them in order to educate them so they can spot the signs sooner. Getting them to know the risk factors and getting these patients tested sooner, I think is really key. There are a couple pieces of legislation um, over on Capitol Hill that are trying to make it a lot easier for patients to get tested earlier, which I think will raise awareness and make primary care physicians more willing and able to order um, very basic testing 
what's called an ankle brachial index or ABI test. That's where they put blood pressure cuffs on your legs or your, in your arms. And then they measured the differential. I don't like that test as much. I'm seeing it phased out in some of the more advanced treatment centers for PAD or peripheral artery disease. I prefer an artery ultrasound of the legs uh, because you can get a lot of false normals or false um, negative results with um, with the ankle brachial index. Um, the other issue that I'm seeing is insurance companies. It's a huge problem getting insurance companies to approve early diagnosis, early treatment. We have had so many of our patients on deck for amputation and the insurance companies will deny a limb saving procedure. And in fact, in one state, I'm going to say it in the state of Michigan, there was an insurance company that said, you need to see a certified vascular surgeon in order for us to pay for your treatment. Well, that certified vascular surgeon said amputation was the only option. His previous doctor was an interventional cardiologist. He was offering an advanced limb-saving treatment that uses minimally invasive techniques such as wires, balloons, and those so-called roto-rooting devices, maybe even a stent, the patient lost its leg. So that's really frustrating for us. And one of our initiatives is, you know, we write letters to insurance companies to educate them and to inspire them on new life and limb-saving treatments that are available and to remind them that the cost of amputation is going to be a long-term financial burden on them and society. And it's a quality of life issue, too. And like in the case of my stepmother, yes, initially misdiagnosed when we finally found a doctor who knew what was going on, immediately said, okay, we're going to go in, we're going to run a sonogram. In fact, I was there when they did the first uh, the first test, and you could hear the, the swooshing sound, and yeah. then said, okay, we have a problem here, uh, ordered that stints be installed she had stints put in in both legs and to listen to the difference of the blood flow pre and post was absolutely incredible of course the good news kim is all of the normal pinkness to her toes has all been restored The, the numbness is gone the tingling feeling is gone she doesn't have the leg cramping anymore she was one of the victory stories but sadly that's not always the case and as kim is pointing out that's the reason why you need to be an advocate for your own health Healthcare, and I guess especially too, Kim. If you have a friend, a loved one who's got you know severe swelling of the ankles and, and many of the symptoms that we talked about today, it would be good to sit down and have this conversation. Have you considered? Have you had a doctor take a look and at least do an examination to see whether or not you potentially are suffering from peripheral artery disease? And I think that's true. The one key thing is just because they have the title of doctor doesn't mean they have the best treatment for you or the most advanced treatment. Different doctors have different tools, different techniques, different approaches, and different philosophies, and they could make the difference between life and limb. Do not look at facility name and prestige of a facility or how many publications a doctor has or how many times that they speak on a podium around the world. That's not what matters. You need to have someone that has advanced skills. And on our website, we have the criteria that you need to use to determine if your doctor, your vascular specialist, which could be a vascular surgeon, interventional radiologist, or interventional cardiologist, if either one of those 
has the best, most advanced, minimally invasive treatment options for you. That's what's really key. And again, the website, thewaytomyheart.org, is where you can get a lot of that information and take advantage of those resources. Okay, Kim, you mentioned earlier some concerns in relationship to an issue that a lot of Americans, sadly, are struggling with, and that is high cholesterol. Right. So uh, my dad, for example, ended up on the verge of a heart attack. He started feeling some chest pain, but he figured it was just indigestion. So I went with him to urgent care. He, I always call it leading the witness, talked about his symptoms and oh, and when he burst, you know, it seemed to provide relief. And so she was like, oh, okay, here's some Prilosec, go home. And I said, mm, no, I don't think so. Um, I want an ECG because he has a family history. The doctor said, no, I believe it's this. And I said, I have a credit card that says that you can perform an ECG. She did, lo and behold, there was an abnormality. Um, but it was during the time, the reason she said she didn't want to perform the test or didn't think above and beyond his symptoms and what he was saying was that he had normal cholesterol in a basic lipid panel. You can have normal cholesterol and be at high risk of cardiovascular disease and PAD, and you can have high cholesterol and not be at risk. What's really key is not just getting the quantity, you want to get the quality of your cholesterol. And that's where you need to ask for an advanced lipid panel. You want to know how many of the large, fluffy LDL particles are in your blood versus the small, dense LDL particles. Because it's those that when they become oxygenated by the trans fats and all that other crap, they can actually sneak in to damaged areas in your vessels and actually push the wall out. So it's those that you really care about the most. So you may still need to take action like be on a statin or increase your soluble fiber in your diet because, you know, you want to get those little LDL particles to excrete as quickly as possible. Um, and the way to do that is to increase the amount of bowel movements you have in the day. That can actually help you reduce cholesterol. Little, little tip there. Um, but that's really important because the more cholesterol you have of those little ones running around your body, they're the little troublemakers. And they're going to start building up and building up and building up. And they're going to start causing blockages. So you've got to be concerned. And, and, you know, once again, this kind of underscores the notion of early diagnosis is key. Advocating for your own health care, critically important. And getting educated and, and understanding, okay, what are the symptoms? What are many of the the things, the diseases, the, 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 the poor aspects of our health that are kind of feeders into peripheral artery disease? Things like a history of smoking, diabetes we've mentioned. If you're somebody who's been diagnosed with arteriosclerosis, high cholesterol, as Kim just mentioned, high blood pressure, all of these can be factors that feed in. And if a doctor is just dismissive, hey, you know, it's natural at your age or with diabetes. This happens to people of your size. Whatever the excuse might be, it's going to be important that you stop and say, no, doc, I really need you to go deeper. And if that doctor won't do the necessary exams, then go find one that will advocate for your own health. And it begins with Getting Educated. Good way to do that on this topic is to check out Kim's program. 
It's called simply The Heart of Innovation, Saturday mornings at 11 on our sister station, 860 AM, The Answer. And you can get complete details and take advantage of those resources that Kim mentioned a moment ago by checking out her website, thewaytomyheart.org. That's thewaytomyheart.org. Kim, it's been a delight to visit with you, and hopefully we've not only educated some people today, but maybe, just maybe, even saved some lives. I hope so. And I want to make one announcement on here, because this is a Christian station, that we are launching Prayer Walk for Pad Awareness. So get your congregation to start doing Prayer Walk for Pad Awareness and start building those collaterals that God created for you. Absolutely. Kim McNicholas, award-winning journalist, founder of The Way to My Heart. Information on again on the web at thewaytomyheart.org. And now back to Lifeline with Craig Roberts. You're familiar with that little sleepy section just about halfway between Los Angeles and San Diego called San Clemente. I think of it uh, just nearby a beautiful historic Dana Point. There you have some of California's um, beautiful, beautiful white sun-kissed beaches. Of course, the famous San Clemente Pier. And who could forget the retirement destination of Richard Nixon when he left office in 1973. And uh, kind of the image of him going along the beach wearing uh, beach shorts and his uh, metal detector looking for, you know, buried treasure along the San Clemente coastline. Kind of a sleepy town, but who would imagine that out of those settings would come a movement to help call worldwide attention to what's going on in modern-day slavery. And when you hear that, you say, oh, Craig, poor Craig. Here, as we've just recently marked President's birthday, Lincoln and Washington here in February, we ought to be thinking of the fact that Lincoln helped abolish slavery back in the 1860s. Well, there were a lot of important strides toward the abolishment of slavery in America at that time. But truth be told, truth be told, that action 150 plus years ago did nothing to abolish slavery permanently. It still exists in many pockets here in America. It still exists to tremendous and shockingly degrees all around the world, as my next guest found out. And it led her to get involved in encouraging women everywhere to stand up and to essentially be a voice for those that have no voice. Kimberly McOwen-Yem joins us today. She has co-authored a new book called Refuse to Do Nothing, Finding Your Power to Abolish Modern Day Slavery. And Kim, thanks so much for taking some time to be with us tonight. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Now, when I say the, the end of slavery with the Emancipation Proclamation signed into law by President Lincoln back in the 1860s, that, that ended slavery of sorts and to a degree in fashion. But the reality is, in 2013, not only does slavery still exist, but in fact it's flourishing in many parts of the world. Yes, that is correct. And I, four years ago, I would have thought, I, as far as I knew, slavery was abolished. My understanding of slavery uh, was about the same level as my eight-year-old daughter at that time, and I thought it ended with the Emancipation Proclamation and found myself stunned to learn that there is an estimated number of over 27 million slaves in our world today and that 80% of those are women and children. We've seen focus in 
recent times on the issue of human trafficking, and particularly slavery as it relates to sex trades. We know certainly that there's so-called uh, sex tourism into places like Thailand and, and whatnot, but I think a lot of folks are, are completely ignorant of the fact that not only does it take place in third world countries, but a lot of that slavery is exported to the first world, meaning even America. Yes, and it's not always um, with uh, foreign women or girls or um, even men, but it's also um, with our with American children and women and men. And so we oftentimes think that it's over there and it's a problem not of our own. And what we're seeing um, is that it is. It is a problem here as well. And it is affecting even um, our suburb communities that we oftentimes take for granted are safe places. And so, yes, you're absolutely correct. Tell me a bit about how this first kind of came on your radar screen. You're you're busy. You're raising a family. You're there yeah. in this generally beautiful little, uh, uh, very um, idyllic uh, community called San Clemente. How all of a sudden does the topic of slavery and human trafficking get on your radar screen? That's a good question because it sure wasn't until uh, uh, a friend of ours that we were that I was just doing a little bit of work with. I had just kind of gone um, back to work part time. Was working for my dad, and he invited us to see a film. It, the, the the documentary Call and Response was just releasing, and he was involved in some of the marketing for the film and invited us to see the film and. So we went more as supportive friends, uh, kind of new colleagues, and I completely underestimated what I was about to learn and the impact that it would have on me. Uh, it definitely caught me off guard. I kind of knew the subject was about human trafficking, but I don't think I really understood what human trafficking was. At the time, four years ago, I kind of associated with smuggling and um, just thought this would be just another interesting film. I had no idea the impact that it would have. And that's kind of how I first kind of woke up to uh, what was going around, around me. When we begin to consider the breadth and depth of the impact of this, many car, uh, parts of the world uh, where there are people being taken advantage of, people that are being lured into this, and I suppose a lot of the reasons are the same today as it was a century or two centuries ago, and that is a lot of it has to do with, with power and money. We're going to explore that aspect of this equation. Also talk about some of the unlikely trades and places where you find modern-day slavery taking place, and I think as much as Kimberly was shocked to discover that this was going on at all, let alone the breadth and depth of it. I am pretty much persuaded you might be, too. If you've just joined the conversation, it's a bit of a delicate one, to be sure. And there might be a, an opportunity here if you have uh, young ones within earshot of the radio to maybe busy them elsewhere. Uh, we're dealing with one of those topics that we don't necessarily want to hear about, but need to hear about. As we uh, pull back the blinds, so to speak, and let in the light of day on the topic of modern-day slavery. We'll get back to more of our conversation with Kimberly McOwen-Yim as this edition of Lifeline continues. 
three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.